What is up, everybody? It's Friday. You know what that means. It's another edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. My name is Brandon Tango. I'm sitting electronically more than six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Well, Brandon, I am doing just fine. How are you? I'm doing, doing pretty good. Things around here are starting to open up a little bit. I'm trying to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I've been to the gym this week. I'm sore. I feel like a lazy, fat piece of shit. But besides that, I'm doing just fine. Doing great. How are you doing? Even though I already asked you, I already asked you that. Yeah, you, I said I was fine. Jeez, can you just yeah, pay you attention for once? Jeez. Sorry, right, I got. It's March Madness. I got my my dual setup right now. So I got my laptop, and then I got like the big, the Big Mac, whatever this. I mean, what do you call it? A Mac. Mac you got time. a Big Mac? You I, got a, I got a Big Mac in front of me because I'm a fat, lazy piece of shit, as I already said. Got the two games going. Rooting from, from my boy Colgate to get the dub. Sorry, Tyler. I mean, by the time you listen to this, if you even do listen to this, you would know if you lost or not, but it ain't looking so pretty for you white boys. But let's just jump into it. A lot of NFL news to get into. Dominic, Happy New Year. Uh... Is it New Year for? Are you saying because like, it is officially the new 2021 NFL yeah. season? It okay. I think it officially happened on Wednesday, but we started to get some signings and news before then. The tampering period ends on Monday, but the NFL has a new TV deal. We've kind of knew this was in the pipeline. The teams, especially with COVID last season, have been crying broke we are seeing all these different superstars taking these pay cuts restructuring turning their contract into signing bonuses which apparently doesn't affect the cap even though it's still money being given to the player it's a whole thing too many economics as we've so rightfully discussed but now the nfl has signed a mega major tv deal with all the people you know and love espn cbs fox nbc and now amazon is a more heavy hitter it is going to be the exclusive home of thursday night football they will have uh, some games will be televised on nfl network and obviously if it's in your local area then it'll be broadcast on your local television station but dominic i don't we don't need to get too deep into the weeds because you know economics and such but the NFL finally getting that big television deal. People saying cable is dead, but this is really what cable is living off of right now. It's just all these live sports because they're just throwing so much fucking money at them. And ESPN or ABC gets two Super Bowls. So now we get a, a different channel to watch the Super Bowl on. Well, I mean, I'm not speaking for myself here, but I know you and the friend of the other podcast loved the Nickelodeon version of the Super Bowl or not the Super Bowl. It was like the playoffs versions, right? Or something like that, or with slime or something like you liked that, right? I don't know what you're talking about, Dominic. What? Don't, don't, don't be an asshole. There was on Nickelodeon, they broadcasted, I don't know if it's super, I'm pretty sure it was a Super Bowl and they did the Saints playoff game. And you're like, well, I'm going to watch it because I want to see slime. Like, so you said you liked it. I know you did. 
So you know I liked it, but yet you don't know what the game was. Brandon, too much economics. There, there you go. But yeah, so maybe next year or maybe now that I don't know exactly when this kicks in, when all the money uh, files in, but the NFL teams have so much more money now. The cap was lowered, but now with all this money, it'll probably be hired. And who knows who what the next big quarterback signing will, but maybe they'll sign for a $50 million contract and just obliterate Patrick Mahomes' deal. That's why when Patrick Mahomes signing this long-term contract, by the end of the day, he's probably like Aaron Rodgers to be super underpaid because everyone's just getting paid $50 million a year. Speaking of quarterbacks, we had one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time retire this past weekend. We're going to start off with the the quote-unquote hometown teams and their news. Drew Brees has officially announced his retirement. It's been a long time coming. We thought maybe he was going to retire last year. Coming out of the playoffs this year, we kind of expected him to announce it, and he finally did. Drew Brees finally retires, Dominic, as LeBron James said. It's about damn time. Well, Brandon, I know you're probably a little upset because you're a huge Drew Brees, Drew Brees fan. But let's be honest, he got hurt. He's a little up there in age. You know, it's, it, I think it's the right decision. Now, do I think he had at least one more season? I definitely think he could have played at least one more. But at what expense? You know, he's up there, spends time, some time with his kids, wife vacation but didn't he just sign a deal to be like a broadcast person or something like that so Drew that Brees like is coming from- to an NBC station near you which I don't know exactly how well he will do in the job he's seen he's a smart guy his communication skills seem good enough I know people love and or hate Tony Romo I can see him being on that uh, same ilk maybe maybe brings a little more person i mean he he shows his personality in his interviews from time to time so i think he can be a a good fit in the booth see and that's and that's my thing is i like tony um i i and and maybe this is because most of the time every, all the broadcasters usually talk shit about the raiders since i'm a raiders fan so you know it's one of the things where as long as he's in neutral party and he just talks about the game i'm fine it is with NBC, so they only do the uh, Sunday night games. Occasionally, they'll do like Thursday night or their primetime stuff. So, I don't know if this means he's going to be the you know he'll he'll sit at the booth or not in the booth, but he'll sit at the table and do the pre and post shows because Chris Collinsworth is the the color guy over there. Well, maybe he's. I know Tony Dungy. I think is kind of the the second second stringer over there. So maybe he'll take over Tony Dungy's spot at NBC. But going back onto the field. The Saints have made some moves. I mean, a bunch of teams have made a bunch of moves. We'll get into pretty much all of them. But the Saints have re-signed Jameis Winston, and they also restructure Taysom Hill's deal to where it's kind of more backlog. They don't have to commit a ton of money to him, so if it doesn't work out, they can just cut bait. I know we've kind of had this discussion before, especially when Drew Brees went down. Now that Jameis Winston, he's in his age 27 season, Taysom Hill, I believe, is going to be in his age 31 season which way would you lean especially now that they have both of them on the roster again so the way i feel about this is i think you would start with hill just because he's been drew's backup for many years and he's proven that you know put in the situations he can deliver but now Jameis, a little bit younger but a little more riskier 
So, I mean, I would probably start with Hill, but I got a feeling they're going to go with Winston just because, you know, it's Jameis. Ride or die with the Crab Lake King, Jameis Winston. I, I mean, they, they brought him in to do that trick play in the playoffs specifically for Jameis Winston to throw the ball. Now, why wouldn't you bring Taysom Hill to run that exact same play? I know Jameis has a stronger arm, but if you're trying to think logically, you maybe bring Taysom Hill in because you would think if you bring in Jameis Winston, obviously he's going to get the ball or he's going to throw it or something like that. But we saw Taysom Hill throughout the season when he replaced Drew. I mean, he was adequate. He was definitely a powerhouse running the ball. But now with this day and age of throwing all the time, I, I just don't see him being able to keep up with the Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or the other high-powered offenses if they get into that type of shootout. Now, with Taysom Hill, you're going to want to ground and pound and eat a lot of clock, which if it, if it run correctly, I mean, they can be successful. But I just look at if shit goes AWOL and you got to throw the ball a little bit, do you really want to bring in Jameis just for cleanup or why not just have him there from the start? Well, and, that, and that's the thing. I think he's not reliable at all, at all. Granted, like you said, he can throw the ball, but other than that, I, I think the more the reliable quarterback is Hill. And plus you can do options and cause you know, he is also a tight end, which some people, you know, we're pissed off last season about, but anyways, um, but yeah, so, I mean, you can run options where, you know, you can have both of them in the game or something like that. You don't know who's going to throw it, who's going to run it. So there's always that option as well. So there's, there's, he's more versatile than Winston. So that's why I think the better fit would be Hill. I'm perfectly fine with Taysom Hill kind of being in his same role of being that option quarterback, tight end type of role. It's just when you put him there every single down, I just feel as though he's almost kind of too one dimensional. He's almost like Drew Brees, but more mobile. You don't fear him throwing it over the top. Like maybe occasionally he can do it. He might have a little more overall arm strength than Drew Brees, but yeah, we're going to have to wait and see. They still haven't committed really to anybody. Obviously they have more, I think more long-term money committed to Taysom Hill compared to Jameis Winston, but Taysom Hill has been a, uh, a recreation project for, Sean Payton for a long, long time. And now that Drew Brees is gone, it's kind of time to shit or get off the pot with Taysom Hill. And, you know, they have a good enough offense that I think either one of them can succeed and the defense is good enough. But we will just have to wait and see. Now we go on to our other hometown team, the Las Vegas Raiders. They have been making some moves as well. Maybe not uh, most fan-friendly of moves. The offensive line was kind of their calling card this year. The only like one true good thing they had for the Raiders was that offensive line. And they've pretty much cut, released, traded everybody on that offensive line. Now, Dominic, your thoughts on going in this direction, saving some money, a lot of aging offensive linemen, but they're still good offensive linemen. I know that was the one thing that the Raiders were famous for is always having one of the highest and probably the better O-lines. But with this day and age, I think, I think it's about time we start kind of adapting and having a younger O-line. And, you know, maybe that means we get a few more sacks, but in the long run, you know, it, you know, they're a little healthier in the long run. I'm okay with it. Um, granted, maybe I would not have gotten rid of Brown, but other than that, I'm, I could really not give, give a fuck. 
So you, they're adding, they're making some additions. So just kind of overall, they have, they signed veteran running back Kenyon Drake. They signed John Brown. They don't have Nelson Aguilar. So that's kind of a replacement there. They have Yannick Ngakwe, maybe a tad bit overpaid for my liking, but it's not like they're just, you know, cutting all the offensive linemen and adding people. They've added some offensive weapons, a few defensive weapons, but with the offense kind of with the O-line being that little, you know, that force that they come to know and love. I mean, maybe they weren't as good this year or last year as they were two years ago, but still, I still wonder, especially with Derek Carr, I know we have the discussion all the time. If you, he's not the most mobile quarterback in the world and you have a shake, if you put him behind a shaky offensive line, I think his uh, production is just going to be even worse than what it already kind of was at like a 500, a little bit above average level. Well, but the thing you got to think about though, is ever since the injuries, he hasn't been the same. Now he does have his moments where you go like, fuck, there you go. That's why you're a quarterback. But nine times out of the 10, you're going like, damn, uh, might as well just get a replacement in and see what happens because there's no point of paying this guy this much money anymore. So, and I think we say this every season, this is probably the season where they make the decision to either trade or cut him. Um, I, I like Derek Carr. I think he's a decent quarterback for the Raiders. I think given the right weapons, I think he can produce a winning record. But with that being said, you got to look at if all of his weapons stay healthy, if his O-line stays healthy, if the defense is playing up the par. So usually with great, great quarterbacks, you can have one, you know, one side of the field not be good, but that quarterback is what propels them forward into a winning season. But with that being said, the Raiders never, whenever the Raiders start going down that line of success, something happens. If it's a Derek Carr injury, if it's a uh, running back injury, if it's a, you know, suspension from a wide receiver doing drugs like a dumbass it, it always ends up hurting them in the long run yeah, i think if everything is if you have a great team around him it's almost kind of like every quarterback can succeed if you have a great team around him but i think if you have the right system in place and blah 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 Derek carr can succeed now we've seen he kind of peaked a few years ago before the leg injury when they made it to the playoffs and then as you said kind of after that the leg injury he hasn't exactly been the same he's been adequate but over there on Trapdoor to Hell, Travis always says, do you want to add a quarterback or do you want to be even better? And I think that's kind of the scary thing when you look at it. It's like you have a, a decent thing with Derek Carr, but do you want to risk it to maybe have a much better thing, which could get you even better success, or you risk it, and it's kind of hard, we see, to find a, you know, that long-term, quote-unquote, fa- franchise quarterback. It's, it's kind of what you want to do, but he – he did get some more weapons, I guess, Dominic, on the offensive side. They get Kenyon Drake, a backup to Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs being a little bit injury-prone in his two years in the NFL. And then John Brown kind of replacing him one-for-one one with Nelson Aguilar leaving to the Patriots. Well, I will say I'll be surprised to see what happens with the Josh Jacobs because of the whole DUI thing. Um I haven't heard of any type of repercussions. Suspensions. I believe all that. I believe all that stuff is dropped and it's kind of over. Oh, it is. Okay, yes, I, I didn't know that. But I mean, I, I think having him and Drake with, with Jacobs and Drake, I think that's a good one-two punch. A good, you know, rotation right there. You can even if you have both of them in, you can 
maybe do like a double reverse or something like that every once in a while. But, you know, I think that that was a great signing. I think I'm actually in favor of having John Brown. I feel like he's underrated in sorts and some sorts of the field. So I think some of the moves, great moves. Then Yannick Ngakwe on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I was trying to see if I can see the exact numbers, but no defensive end Yannick Ngakwe signing with the Raiders. The defensive line exactly wasn't the issue. I mean, I think that a good defensive line is really the secondary. That was the problem with the Raiders. So just kind of building on top of a good foundation, I guess. Well, but they, they, also, him, they also had, I think, uh, was it Abrams went down and then like the other draft pick we had went down with concussions or injuries or something like that. So I feel like, and that seems to be the issue that we always have every year is there's always that key person, you know, there's always that person that comes in hot to the season and goes down with an injury or concussion or something like that. And it, it hurts us in the long run because then the backup who isn't all that good most of the time plays. So, and their defensive line, I mean, as long as Crosby stays hot, I mean, I, I think, I think the Raiders can do something, but like I always say, you have to stay healthy. And that seems to be the, the major thing for the Raiders is staying healthy. The Raiders have made a decent amount of moves this off season, but nobody has made as many moves this offseason as the New England Patriots. It was just a frenzy on Monday. It felt like every marquee free agent that was signing was going to the Patriots. Now we're just going to kind of run it down in total. We have tight end Johnny Smith, former Titan, now a Patriot. Uh, Matthew Judon, linebacker. We already talked about Nelson Aguilar going to the Patriots. Other Another marquee tight end, Hunter Henry, going to the Patriots. Let's see. There are some other ones, but those are kind of the marquee ones. So get two, probably the top two tight ends to build around uh, Cam Newton. You also add Nelson Aguilar, and then they just add a bunch of different other pieces. And they also got to think a lot of their defensive weapons last year sat out. So now you're getting even more quote unquote free agent signings to the Patriots took a year off last year. Dominic looks like they're all in throwing money every which way your reaction to the Patriots being so active right now. I am not scared one bit. You know why? Because Cam Newton is, is their quarterback. And granted, I know last week I said, I want Cam to do good, but if, if last year's any indicator of what he's going to do this year, yeah, he had a couple of games where he balled out. He didn't do anything else. So I'm not afraid. You can, you can sign the best players on a team, but if your quarterback sucks, there's not much you can do. I am a tad bit higher on Cam Newton than you are. I said last week that if you build the team around him, if you can get him more weapons, I think he can definitely succeed. The The wide receivers and definitely the tight ends he had in New England last year were not the best. Like there were some, some decent weapons, but they're not your number one guy. They're good as like a slot guy. But now that you have Nelson Aguilar, who I really liked with the uh, with the Raiders, I think he definitely you know came into his own at the end of last season. Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, you can run the two tight end sets that they love to do, especially with Cam running the ball, and you can run a, a good solid read option. I think the tight ends are a bigger deal, but I also really like Nelson Aguilar, who can kind of stretch the field and be a good solid route runner for Cam and kind of be his security blanket, at least deep down the field. But that's the thing, though, is his shoulder isn't what it used to be. So, I mean, is Aguilar really going to be utilized to run those deep, deep routes? Did you not see him last year? I thought he was 
perfectly. It looked like his shoulder was fine last year. It looked like he was doing quite well. Mm, don't think so. Mm, you don't think so? Well, if you uh, just kind of filibuster real quick, maybe I can look up the stats and see what he put up last year. Well, I mean, I, I can I can just spit some stupid words out there for about half a minute. I mean, I'm hoping it takes you more than half a minute. I mean, less than half a minute. About half a minute? But, what? What? Did you find it? Uh, I did. I did find oh, it. Oh, thank God. Okay, I'm going to shut up now. So last year, 2020, he played 16 games. I believe, I don't know. I don't know what the hell does AV mean? Is that like, I don't know. Anyways, he had 48 recept- receptions, receptions, 896 yards, and eight touchdowns. 137 fantasy points. So is, not, is that not, not is that lighting good? The wor- I mean, he's not lighting the world on fire, but he had eight touchdowns, 48 receptions. I said kind of more at the back end. I didn't say he was there the entire year, but I thought he came into his own later. Well, okay. So then my thing is, so if you look at, um, what's his well, name? If we, remember that, that, if we remember that dolphin game where they just absolutely shit the bed at the end, Nelson Aguilar balled the fuck out. And we talked about how he just flipped out on everyone. It's like, y'all, you know, y'all are soft. Y'all fucking suck. I'm out here just doing everything for you. And you guys can't even, you know, stop Fitzpatrick with 10 seconds left on the clock. Well, that's the th- I mean, so let's see. What Derek Carr stat last year had 4,100 yards, 27 TDs, but nine interceptions. So, I mean, what would you rather take? But you got to go with that. A lot of that went to Darren Waller. Darren Waller was their number one guy. Okay. But I mean, it doesn't matter if your number one guy is a, is a running back receiving wide receiver or tight end. Does it matter? Yards are yards. TDs are TDs, right? I know, but you were saying he had 4,100 yards and Nelson Aguilar only had 900 of those. You got to think Darren Waller just is a beast and he's going to eat up a lot of those targets and, and yards. Touche. Touche, Brandon. Touche. Okay, so Dominic, you don't think the Patriots will have a solid bounce back year? You don't think they're going to be any sort of They're going to throw the ball pretty well. But um, other than that, I don't mean, I don't see them they might make they might contend, but I don't see them being that, you know, that crazy good team they were a couple of years ago. Tyler, I am sorry about your Colgate. They're currently down 68 to 82 with 56 seconds left. Hate to see it. I haven't checked on his uh little oh, here we go. We got the game coming up. Drexel down 43 to 72. I don't do math, but I think that is more than 25 points. That's, so that's around 25 points. So he is. He is in the area. Oh, they just, Illinois just dunked the ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, now they're down by 40, 41, or 31, 31 points. Anyway, so we're just going to kind of quickly go through all the other news and notes. I'm going off of the uh, NFL Instagram, so if I missed some of the other ones, I am so sorry. The Chiefs sign O-lineman Joe Thunny. They also signed veteran uh, offensive lineman Kyle Long. He came out of retirement this year. Word was the uh, workouts, the whatever practice he had showcase wasn't exactly that great. So he only signed for like $5 million, but Casey trying to build and help their uh, franchise with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I think it's a decent signing. It doesn't matter if your workout was crap. If you have a track record of greatness, eh, it's good enough for me. The let's see the Buccaneers resign Rob Gronkowski. He Agrees to a one-year, $10 million deal. It worked last year. Might as well run it back. And especially, I think he he caught fire late in the year. And, I mean, what, he scored a touchdown or two in the uh, Super Bowl. So, run it back with Gronk and Brady, right? 
I mean, I think it's going to be the same situation like I told last week with Brady. It's, they're going to keep re-signing until they lose. And if they lose, they either retire or they go to a different team. So I think that's the same situation. We have the New York football Jets. They signed former Tennessee Titans wide receiver Corey Davis. Uh, I think this is a good signing for the Jets, but my thing is, I didn't feel as though the wide receivers were really the issue last year. It was just kind of everything else. So maybe you want to build around that offensive line. You want to build on the defensive side of the ball. I don't exactly feel you needed to add wide receiver depth, but if you're just going to look at it face value, I think Corey Davis is a, a good second wide receiver, you know, good number two. Don't you just love a good number two, Brandon? I'm just saying. We all know Dominic loves a good number two. Love it. Then the Titans, Corey Davis's former team, signs Steelers linebacker, former Steelers linebacker Bud Dupree. Titans defense was not very good last year after having a pretty stellar year the, the year before. The Steelers kind of losing some of their marquee talent. We're going to talk about one later, but Bud Dupree, he signs with the Titans. Good signing. I like it. I like it. I honestly don't know much about Bud Dupree, so I mean. Damn, Dom, just outing yourself. Hey, I, hey, I'm being honest. Honesty. And we appreciate that. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Then the Washington football team has signed Fitz Magic. One year, $10 million deal. He's just going to collect all 32 jerseys. He's going to play for every single team. Taylor, Tyler, Taylor, Mr. Heineke from Old, Old Dominion, balled out in the playoff game last year. So seemingly, I think Fitzpatrick is going to go into camp as the uh, starter, but they will have a healthy competition. What's your thoughts on Fitzpatrick joining the football team? I've never liked Fitzpatrick. I He had like a good maybe year or two, but ever since I think he left the Dolphins. No, what, what team was that? It was the Buccaneers. He's To me, he's just hot, cold trash. So I'd rather not have him. Okay, a little hot take there. I think uh, with Alex Smith, when Alex Smith was on the field and they were throwing the ball, they were really good. I think uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is kind of on par with Alex Smith. And if he stays healthy, which I think he normally does stay healthy, he's not really a uh, injury-prone guy, knock on wood. But uh, I think this is a good signing. Scary Terry, he's going to be a a solid wide receiver one in your fantasy lineup. The Jacksonville Jaguars has signed former Seattle Seahawks DB Shaquille Griffin, three years, $40 million. A good move. I kind of talked about it going into the season that Jacksonville has a shit ton of cap. They have a shit ton of money to spend, and they are right there with the Patriots with, you know, spending money, maybe not as big names as the Patriots are, but I think solid pickup here to get Shaquille Griffin. Definitely. I, when I saw that, I was just like, not bad. Definitely not bad. I think uh, he's going to be utilized to his full potential. A lot of upside with him. Pop quiz, Dominic. Does Shaquille Griffin have one or two hands? Uh, One. He has two. One of whom I thinking of his brother. uh, Oh God. Is it Shaquif? Shaquif Griffin? See, I get them mixed up just like it's fine. Yes, but uh, Shaquille Griffin is the one who starts most of the time, and uh, the other one with the one hand is more of a special team slash, you know. Back. Whoa, 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 whoa! You can't. See. He's not a. Come on, Brandon. Be am nice. I, am I canceled now? I'm sorry. The Giants re-sign Leonard Williams, bolster that defensive line, keep it strong. Giants defense was definitely their calling card last year, especially uh, with Daniel Jones being hit or miss. 
I like it. I like it. You know, and Giants still probably could be doing too much this year. Then we got some quarterback news. We got a lot of quarterbacks on the move here. Andy Dalton has signed with the Chicago Bears. The Red Rocket is going to be leading the Bears. Rumors came out that they were kind of all in on Deshaun Watson and possibly Russell Wilson. Those obviously fell through, and the Bears settle for Andy Dalton. I'm sad for this. I think this was Trubisky's year, and now it's over. <laughs> but I, I still Andy Dalton is definitely a better quarterback than Trubisky. But I still feel like it's the Bears. They gotta, they gotta really hunker down and play to hit, play to Dalton's strengths, and they might do good. Speaking of Dominic's boy Mitchell Trubisky, he signs with the Buffalo Bills. Kind of, kind of quizzical here, Mitchell Trubisky. I don't think he's a startable quarterback in the NFL, but he signs with the Bills. Obviously, they're not going to start him. They're going to start Josh Allen. So maybe Trubisky kind of looked around and was like, and realized that he doesn't going to get starter money. So might as well come into a, a good team, be a solid backup, and maybe we'll see him in garbage time. God forbid something happens to Josh Allen. I'm sorry. I had a minor panic attack because I heard a big, I heard something start beeping and it was my refrigerator. I got scared for a second and didn't really hear anything, but Trubisky being a backup. So. I, I'm all for it. To the Bills. To do nothing. Dominic, to the Bills. Yes. Okay. Yes, I know. Wait, He's a good backup. Seem, you made it seem like I, you didn't hear anything I said, so I had to just reiterate. Well, I mean, I heard the ending, which you said is a good backup for the Bills, but I had a panic attack. I thought the fucking house was going to blow up, man. Well, just make sure if the house does blow up, keep your mic on so we can at least hear it. Former Buffalo Bills quarterback Tyrod Taylor, he signs with the Houston Texans one year, $12.5 million. Uh, we're going to get into Deshaun Watson after we cover all these signings, but uh, you know, kind of got a, a shit year last year after the lung punctured situation and he lost his job to Justin Hairbear. But uh, Tyra Taylor coming in, I mean, if he's kind of the guy, if, if Deshaun Watson leaves, it's obvious, it's an obvious dr- downgrade, but I still think Tyra Taylor has some left in the tank. And I mean, if you are kind of all in on the tank and want to get a quarterback next year, then I guess this is a good move. I, I was just trying to think with this signing, where where does it where does Watson land? I'm still trying to think of a team that needs a quarterback, and I think everybody has one. So, I mean, Taylor, like you said, downgrade, but I want to know where Watson goes from here. Though there was a report that now his two teams that he's looking at are the 49ers. And the Broncos will talk about his off the field situation after, but what are your thoughts of those two teams possibly being the finalists or at least now his favorites to go somewhere? Cause he does have the no trade clause. So he gets a pick. I mean, I feel like the Broncos would have so much more to gain from him. But with that being said, the Niners, I think are a little bit better suited as a playoff contending team. So with that being said, I, I would probably put the higher chance of him going to the Broncos. It's higher chance of him going to the Broncos than the Niners. But if he wants to be a playoff contending team, it would be the Niners. Yeah, the 49ers have more to offer the Texans to be a, a better trade. But I don't know if the 49ers in the position they're in, they're a solid playoff contending team to where they want to give up all that just to get Deshaun Watson. Now he's an obvious upgrade 
from Jimmy G, but it's going to be at what cost? Do you have to give up a Bosa? Do you have to give up some draft picks? Do you have to give up, you know, some things that maybe you feel if you don't give them up and you have Jimmy G, you can contend and it's not worth it. You know, going to Denver, it's going to be almost a one-man show, him on the offense, Von Miller on the defense. But uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk about Deshaun Watson in a tad bit. Uh, Jacoby Brissett signs with the Dolphins. I think this is a downgrade from Ryan Fitzpatrick, but maybe this is kind of them putting the stamp on Tua. You know, Tua, we're going to go with you. If you fuck up, you're going to die on the sword because we, we're not going to get the solid veteran back. I mean, Brissett's a, a solid backup, but I just don't – he's not the type like Fitzpatrick is to just come in and just – be hot out the gate and throw all over the place. And that's the thing with Fitzpatrick, though, in my opinion, is he's the same way. That he can come in red hot, pop, 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 pop. And then the next thing you know, next game, next two games, he's just utter shit. And I know last year Miami kind of did, you know, the start Tua, bring Fitzpatrick in, start Fitzpatrick, bring Tua in. So, I mean, if, if they have that same rapport with Percent, great, cool, wonderful. But, I mean – Tua really needs to step the fuck up this year. He, he definitely, definitely does. The football team gets cornerback William Jackson the third. The football team uh, making some solid moves. And uh, sorry, Mr. X, another bangle. Leave him to talk about some other bangles. But uh, uh, Jamal Williams, he signs with the Lions. Maybe this means Aaron Jones can finally be free over there in Green Bay. I mean, I think Jamal Williams, he was one of the better backups, I think, in the NFL. And now if he comes in, he's not, I don't think he's going to be the starter over DeAndre Swift, but he, he's been able to thrive in a kind of two-headed monster to begin with. So, And then I don't know what AP is doing over there, but, you know, another solid move, I would say. I, I had the best question in the world, Brandon. Now I can't fucking remember because you didn't shut up in time. I'm sorry. Jamal Williams, backup to DeAndre Swift. Two headed monster. No, no, no. It was, not even that. it was not even that. It so it had not nothing to do. It something. had nothing to do with I, what I was. Oh, using. now I remember. Fucking. So where the fuck is Alex Smith going? He didn't want to resign with the, with the football team. So I think I'm just throwing it out there. A viable option would be the Texans. I think it would be a better fit than Tyrod Taylor. There we go. The 49ers resigned Trent Williams. Love to see it. Six years, $138 million. A big boy got paid. The Arizona Cardinals sign a veteran wide receiver. They get A.J. Green. This is what I was talking about. Sorry, Mr. X. But A.J. Green going over to the Cardinals. The offensive side wasn't exactly the problem. You add another wide receiver, another weapon. A.J. Green wasn't exactly that good last year. Maybe new you know, new team he can have a bounce back season, but I would say maybe for Arizona, I would have wanted to look in other directions if you're going to spend this type of money. I mean, what now you have JJ, uh, you have JJ Watt and, you know, good veteran presence. So are you saying the route you would have went would probably would have been more defense or are you saying more O-line? Like where do you think they should be spending their money then? I would I would maybe go more towards the defensive side with I mean they did lose Kenyon Drake so that is going to hurt them running the ball but uh god I keep wanting to say Christian Kirk but he's a wide receiver uh Chase Edmonds Chase Edmonds is a uh, I think he's a a viable uh running back now can he take the the full workload 
probably not. But uh, AJ Green being, I would maybe say he's a third guy behind Kirk and Nuke. So if he is that third veteran guy, I mean, and then Larry Fitzgerald, he's also there. So if you run a full wide receiver set with all those people, I mean, one of them is bound to get open, right? Probably. I mean, mm. you never, you never know. You never know. You, you just never know. The football team signed Curtis Samuel, another viable option. Pair him up with Scary Terry, put in Fitzpatrick. Maybe it might be, you know, ugly, but I think fantasy football wise, the football team is a team to target. Yeah. I, I mean, I told you, I'm not high on Fitzpatrick, so uh, it definitely I – don't, I don't know if I would really want to draft him like top three. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying you draft Fitzpatrick top three. I'm saying the wide receivers. I'm saying Scary Terry. Scary Terry is a viable number one, not first-round pick, but I think a solid number one wide receiver pick. Points and doinks coming soon. Fuck that podcast. The Minnesota Vikings sign Patrick Peterson, one year, 10 million. A lot of, you know, sign one year prove it deals. Now that the NFL TV deals have come in, I think a lot of these guys are going to sign one year or signing one year deals just so they can maybe make more money down long term, re sign and restructure with the team they sign with. But Patrick Peterson, solid cornerback. And we saw the Vikings, not a very good defensive team last year. And if they had any sort of defense behind Dalvin Cook, they maybe could have done some things. Sorry, I totally fucking, you know, totally like just zoned out because fuck the Vikings. They're garbage. They got rid of two key players. I'm fucking over them. Damn, Dominic with the hot, hot takes. Some more wide receiver signings. Will Fuller has signed with the Miami Dolphins. He's always been a, a very good wide receiver. It was just the fact of can he stay healthy? I'm not going to bank on him playing all 16, 17 games, however many they play this year. I don't even fucking know. But you add another weapon, and it's kind of once again Tua. If you can't, you can't produce, especially now that we got you another weapon with Will Fuller. Maybe it's time to look at a different direction. Is it? Is he the one that got suspended at the end of the year because of the PEDs or whatever? Correct, and I think it carries over to the first game of the season, if I do so. So, I mean, Dolphins kind of looking at taking a page of the Raiders playbook, getting a, you know, I'm not going to say druggy, but, you know, a PED user to their team, you know, usually hurts the Raiders in the long run because usually that person repeats offense and then gets banned or whatever. So, hopefully, he uh, doesn't do it again. The Steelers re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster, one-year, $8 million. Maybe a little surprising that Juju didn't get uh, that much money, especially just on a one-year deal, but maybe the dancing, the off-field, the TikTok antics maybe uh, lowered his value to some teams. Uh, you know, bringing him back, I think, as, as I said, with Bud Dupree leaving, some of the other key pieces gone, bringing Juju, it, it's definitely going to help. It, but, I mean, Big Ben... I'm not very high on him. I don't think he's going to be that that good. So maybe Juju, this is just, once again, a prove-it deal if he can maybe get his act together a little bit, ball out. Because last year was a little bit of a, a down year from hit for him. So if he can ball out, maybe he can get a bigger contract with another team or possibly the Steelers, who knows. So basically you're just banking that you think that this is a deal that, hey, you kind of you know, fell off the cliff last year. How about you do, do better? We'll give you more money next year, basically. 
don't know if it was he fell off a cliff, but I think he expected maybe a little bit more in free agency. And he looked around and he was like, oh, you know, they're not giving me all that much money. If I mean, $8 million is not that much. I mean, I'm saying I'm throwing out like 10 million, 13 million for some of these other players. You know, it's a wide receiver, so you can get some some decent wide receivers for some cheaper for cheaper deals. But I think it was a little surprising that he signed for that little amount of money, especially just on a one year deal. Yeah, I'm not surprised. But we, but we also do know that the Steelers are a little strapped for cash. Big Ben had to restructure, and now kind of the only I don't know if I'd say the only, but the big marquee name right now out there is Kenny Galladay. He shopped around, hasn't signed with anybody yet. I know maybe you can't think of a team that he would fit, you know, just come to mind and be a perfect fit. But, you know, Dominic, anything, uh, if you were, I think we maybe talked about this a little bit last week, but Kenny Galladay, do you think he's worth pursuing? Don't know how, if this is kind of a thing of, he is just kind of waiting to see how much money he can get after all these teams make all these deals. What do you think about Kenny Galladay? I mean, I definitely think he's worth I'm not going to say, you know, a lot of money, but he's definitely not bottom barrel, um, you know, 10, 15, somewhere in there. Um, I'm, you know, I, I think the 49ers can really afford to go after him. I, I feel like they have, they have a spot for him. I think their receiving core isn't the best. It's not, it's not the best it's been in the past years. So definitely the Niners could use something. I mean, I mean, the Jets could use a fucking wide receiver, but they can use pretty much a lot of different things as well. So um, all the lower level teams definitely could, uh, you know, go go after him. But I doubt. I think he'll probably end up sitting out, and you know, there'd be a team that'll be like, "Oh fuck, he's still on free agent. Let's pick him up." So I think it's going to be a while till we see him sign. Kenny Galladay going to the Broncos. I have no inside information. That was just a team that came to mind. You trade everybody to get Deshaun Watson. You bring in you bring in Kenny Galladay. Galladay, Deshaun Watson. That should be good enough to maybe not beat the Chiefs, but you can beat the Raiders and okay, maybe not the, the Chargers because they're a pretty decent team, but uh, you can beat the Raiders with that, right? Uh I think they'll probably be on even even playing field, honestly. So I, I wouldn't. I, I think it would be a good game, a good shit game. Speaking of the uh, Deshaun Watson, he is in a lot of hot water right now. He, at first, there was a lawsuit stemming from sexual assault allegations of a masseuse, an in-home masseuse, and that there was just one. He vehemently came out and denied it, said that they're just kind of money chasing. And then it came out that there was three lawsuits now against him. And then now today it's come out that then now there's seven lawsuits against him. Obviously... Terrible, terrible news, and for Deshaun for Deshaun Watson, this isn't the uh, the most perfect timing in the world. But uh, it's, I mean, we, we talked about Miles Leonard last week. We'll talk about him in a, a couple minutes. This is uh, not not a good look. Obviously, I believe all the women what what happened happened, but also we've seen in the NFL that if you if you're a big enough star, you you'll come back. You can come back from this, which is kind of a shitty situation, but it's just kind of the reality. I mean, I agree. I I agree until they're proven wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm going to trust everything they are saying, but then if it comes out, you know, that, oh, this is lies or whatever, then, you know, I'm all, I mean, 
I hope to God this isn't real because that is terrible news, but I am going to believe them. Um, like you said, bad timing. I definitely don't think, I mean, as long as, uh, I mean, and this doesn't come out wrong, but as long as it does, doesn't come out for any gel time or anything like that, I think he'll still play. I think he'll get signed, you know, any team he goes to, doesn't matter. I think he'll still play and get cheered and everything. And that's like you said, it's a terrible thing that these players can get away with these kind of things and still get cheers. So, so there's really no good transition, but obviously, you know, we believe all these women, we understand that these are serious allegations and everything like that. But with the situation with the Texans, how much do you think this affects his trade value? Is it kind of like, you know, damage? I mean, it was already kind of damaged goods to begin with, but this just adds even more on top of it. I. Or do you think now See, he'll, he'll like agree to less? Like he wants to go to the 49ers, the Broncos, but he'll agree to go to the Jets because he just wants to get out of there and start fresh. And, and but, but the thing though is the Texans still have to agree to it, right? He can't say like, fuck it, just send me anywhere. I don't care. But the Texans are going to go, all right, we'll give it to Sean. But, you know, we want, you know, three fucking draft picks. And they're going to be like, fuck no. This guy, you know, has all these lawsuits. I don't even know if I can fucking start him. So, you know, I think the Texans might end up having to send him until either A, his name is cleared so that he can go and be the valuable quarterback he is, or two, he gets convicted and he's worth shit and they just cut him. I, I would, ass- I mean, I think he has some guaranteed money, but I don't know with conduct and everything like that. If because he is arrested or something like that, that he can be, I mean, I think maybe they could just like slap a fine or a suspension on him and I, too much economics, but you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. Honestly, I feel like nothing's going to really come out of this. They're just going to be some sort of settlement and we're just going to forget this all ever happened. Now, we got some trades in the NBA. The trade deadline is looming. P.J. Tucker gets traded from the Rockets over to Milwaukee, a solid three-point shooting veteran. Also got some, uh, you know, bolster the defense as well. Milwaukee, I mean, try to con- trying to contend with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, what do you think about this move for the uh, the Rockets or yeah. for the Bucks? It's decent. I mean, I'm not I'm not high on Tucker, but I mean, three years ago he was shooting the lights out. So as long as he can perform at that level, I think it's decent. Then the the big trade that happened this past week, Trevor Ariza is going to Miami, and Miles Myers Leonard is going to OKC. There's also you know other moving parts and draft picks and stuff, but really this is the the marquee. News: Trevor Ariza going to Miami, and Leonard going to OKC. It has it has come out that OKC really has no plans for Leonard. So, you know, trying I guess trading him for cap space and blah 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 blah. Too many economics. So, uh, your thoughts, Leonard? We said last week that he's probably gone, and now he is gone, and it looks like he's going to get traded and cut. I mean, that's fine with me, um, but I think you gave up. Why would you give up Ariza, who is a proven key player for somebody that you're just going to end up cutting in the long run. I mean, I, there's probably a lot to do with it. Like you said, catfish and stuff, but I just, I think it's a waste. Well, we talked in the off season that the, the thunder just have a plethora of draft picks. And so I, 
you know, they kind of look around and we don't need him this year. We can, you know, trade him away, get some extra money, maybe go after someone in the off season and build around somebody else with all the draft pick, all the draft capital that we had. Now, now it's a fish. I mean, I think Trevor Reese are going to the, I almost said the, the dolphins, the heat. I mean, I think that's a good move. Now, will he fill the void of Myles Leonard? Probably not. He's, you know, a different type of player, but you know, pairing him up with Jimmy Butler and uh, you know, everyone else over there. I think it's a solid move. Lennon, on the other hand, I mean, is I would think he's done this season. I don't think he's going to play the rest of the season, but do you think he's kind of banished from the NBA after this? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Tricky situation, but. I would say, correct me if I'm wrong. He was a decent player. I mean, he was no superstar, but he was, you know, someone you can rely on. So I feel like, Give them a year. This might blow over, and or you know, like like most sports teams, somebody's in a crunch and they need someone. They're gonna say, "Fuck it, it's bad PR," but we, we're trying to win a title. So I say, give it a year. It might blow over. It's in my opinion, it sounds bad. I'm gonna fucking say it. You know, it's it's a what he did was wrong. I I don't I don't condone. Uh, wait, I do condone it. Wait a minute, what? No. You do condone I, saying Jewish epithets on a Twitch stream? Wait, what is it? If you condone something, that means you, like, oh, you're okay with it, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I don't condone what, <laughs> what he said. But, I mean, I think we talked about it last week or the week before. Like, you know, if it was another word, it would be a lot worse. So I, I feel like it's not as bad, and he can come back from this. So I definitely see him in the NBA again. Yeah, I agree. I think we will see him back in the NBA, NBA, maybe not this season. I mean, maybe we someone just kind of sign, picks him up for the playoffs, but I would assume he's going to do some like sensitivity training and, you know, show that he's a better person and, you know, really apologize and do this, you know, this whole for better lack of a better term, a dog, a pony show about how much of he's changed and everything like that. So, I, I mean, I think we're going to see Leonard in the NBA again. He's a solid, I mean, he's a, a solid big man in a league that doesn't have a lot of those. So, our team will be desperate enough and and sign them up. Now that's it for the sports, Dominic, which means we go into the mailbag, otherwise known as Mr. X's questions of the week. Bum, 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 bum. No, uh, okay. no, no, and friends. So just Mr. X this week. If you want to send in a question, if you want to be part of the and friends, go over to the Instagram Curveballs and cs link tree in the description or in the whatever you call thing for the podcast okay he's everywhere watch a tiktok you only have one but watch it oh i thought you said he's everywhere i'm like he has a tiktok i was like what the fuck am i listening to right now get our tiktok cloud up yeah and he hoots he says hey everyone which Howdy. there's two of us i don't know who else he's talking maybe he's talking to oreo or something like that he said everyone that can yeah everyone yeah so hey everyone maybe he's our millions and millions of listeners possibly so he says just have to say thank you to aj green for 10 years with the Bengals. he did some amazing things with his time here well i'm sad to see him go i wish him the best with the cardinals so i mean mr green if you listen to this which if you do that's freaking amazing definitely does definitely does um you know at least one fan is wishing you farewell and thank you for your time uh something we just covered 
Will Mr. Watson have a job with the Texans after his latest civil suit filed against him? Um, I think we kind of just touched, touched on it. Is his value is going to go down unless proven innocent? So we'll just have to wait and see, right? I still, I still think he's going to be moved. Now, it might not be as much as it was last week, but I still think he's going to be moved. Okay, okay, okay. I saw this as a headline on ASPN.com and wanted to get your thoughts on this. Will LeBron James' legacy ever surpass Mr. Michael Jordan? Brandon, will it or is it? I don't think it ever will. Now, I mean, LeBron is on the back half of his career. He's His legacy is pretty much cemented. Now, if he were to go on and like win four straight championships and – you know, play in his age 40 season with his kid and win a championship, then, you know, there is some solid discussion, but mm-hmm. I think the the problem with Michael is he was always, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the first, but you know, he was the first and it's going to always be hard to overtake him. And LeBron had a rocky first half of his career. Now, Le- Michael wasn't Michael in the eighties, but he, in the nineties, he was just on a God tier. And I think it's going to be always hard for someone to overtake that now some young kid shows up and just is better and just balls out and breaks all of Michael Jordan's records. Yes. I think there is someone could surpass Michael. I just don't think that's LeBron. A little side question for me though. Did he take Kobe's? Is he surpassed Kobe's? I'm, I know I'm a, I'm a heat fan. So I might be a little more of a LeBron apologist. I always thought LeBron is clear cut number two best player ever. I mean, Michael's number one, and I think LeBron is solidly locked into number two. And I mean, I mean, I love Kobe. I think he's a tad bit overrated in terms of like how people perceive him because mm-hmm. he was kind of the guy to follow Michael. Now, I, I mean, Kobe's a fantastic player, but I still would maybe put him. I mean, maybe I always I put Shaq over Kobe. I mean, I know that's kind of an easy thing to do, but I'll put I put Shaq over Kobe. Okay, moving on. I don't know if you've seen this, but some players, including Tatis and Harper, are using customized bats with crazy designs and murals on them. The artist in me totally digs this, but the baseball purist in me, not to mention being a Kentucky boy, would rather see a classic Louisville slugger. If this becomes a trend, could the MLB crack down on saying it distracts from the game? That's a good one, actually. So we saw Trevor Bauer getting a little bit of hot water because he had his Trevor Bauer logo on his belt. And you know, he, he gets a fine. He didn't get a fine, but he got a warning. He, you know, does this thing on Twitter and on YouTube kind of complaining, but then it also came out that there was photos of Bryce Harper having a logo on his belt as well. It's all just players trying to market themselves, but going to the bats in particular, I don't have a huge issue with it. I mean, it's just like a little thing here and there to kind of help grow the game. And if you can have some sort of crazy design bat and a kid likes it and you make like a little T-ball version of it, I think overall it's a positive. Now, I mean, is it that big of a deal? Not really to me. I mean, I know I'm the baseball guy, the baseball purist, but I'm more of like on the field purist, you know, keep it the way it is. I don't want no fucking softball bags and a runner at second to start in the 10th inning. But if you want to wear some crazy cleats and some, you know, out there, a Philly fanatic bat, who the hell cares? Just go for it. Yeah. I mean, I, the only thing I could see is if the design could possibly 
you know, I know it's wood, but I mean, if they could possibly do something to the pitcher, maybe there's always that going to be that, uh, you know, like, Hey, I can't see because the bat kind of throws it off. Something like that. You know, there's always going to be that argument. You, I think. Al- you always have to regulate it because you can't put like metallic shiny thing. I, I mean, you can't like make it blinding. Like you have well, yeah, to, yeah. to like, you know, wood paint. I don't know. I'm not the artist, so I don't know exactly how that shit works, but if you keep it to like just a painted bat, and it's not like a glean or a gloss on it. I think it should be fine. Okay. Okay. And that is it for the uh, almost said football news. That is just the sports news. We're going on to some wrestling news. <clears throat> uh, where the hell is Keith Lee? He recently posted a thank you to fans who are waiting for him to come back. Do you think he'll be back soon? If so, in what capacity? Chasing after a title, and I pray it's not literally chasing after our truth in the twenty four seven time. Yeah, Keith Lee has been uh, mysteriously absent. We had the news of Mia Yim test positive for COVID, and that kind of you know tossed him out of the Royal Rumble. We haven't seen him since the Royal Rumble. Now maybe he will come in. And, I mean, they were kind of doing something or another with the U.S. title, and maybe you go to Matt Riddle and Keith Lee at WrestleMania, which as a match, perfectly fine with. I think that sounds like a lot of fun. And, I, and if we're going to kind of pick and choose a spot, I think that's kind of the the place I would put him. But it, it is kind of ominous that we haven't really heard anything about him, whether he's injured or taking time off, trying to re- repackage him. If Vince told him to lose 50 pounds and you don't, if you don't get like, you know, some abs, I'm not bringing you back on television. I don't know what the hell's going on with him. Okay. Okay. Uh this is more of like, it's a, I mean, it's a question, but uh, so I'll just, oh yeah, if I can just read it. Charlotte's going to be Asuka at WrestleMania, isn't she? Again! Off caps and exclamation points. So. Pro- probably, and I'm not very happy about that. I think nobody is happy about that. Uh, let's see. On to some AEW stuff. Uh, I say they have Britt and Thunder Rosa in an hour-long Iron Woman match next week. Hopefully, one of them will have the title. If this happens, what you think? I've never been the biggest fan of the hour-long Iron Man match because it just kind of explains that, oh, it's going to be an hour, so maybe don't tune into the first 20 minutes or first half hour because you can get the gist of it at the back end. But, I mean, if they want to – I we can talk more about the match later, but I, I would assume we're going to see this matchup again, and I think it – it will have the title. And I think we'll see it maybe by double or nothing. Maybe we go to that and see it. Hmm, never know. We know to Jack. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Last, but not least, any thoughts on who will be, I'm sorry, hang on. Any thoughts on who will be or who you would like to see inducted into the Hall of Fame next? We haven't talked about the Hall of Fame. We still have the whole 2020 class and we have Molly Holly and Eric Bischoff being inducted. I'm not the uh, the biggest WWE Hall of Fame person. I don't even remember. I think the last time I watched the Hall of Fame was when I was live for it in 2015. But, I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, Vader Vader needs to go in. I, it's a shame that he is going to be inducted posthumously. But, I mean, that's really – I can't really think of anyone. There's no, like, big omissions. And I think if you're going to have The Undertaker, Rock – you know, the big, big names, you're going to want to have a crowd for that. What about Kane? Kane is fine, but the thing is, 
you have two classes. Do you really want to not saying Kane is a, a headliner, but like, do you really want to waste all of your equity? I, there's so there's like not that many marketable names left. I think, especially with a double class, you don't want to throw in names like Kane into the mix. Okay. Okay. I mean, just in that the big show. Who? Who's the, the big show? The big show. Who's that? I don't know. I mean, I just saw him on like I think wasn't he like at Legends Night on Raw like a, like a few weeks ago, a few months ago. Mm. I haven't haven't seen him since. Yeah, I know it's weird, huh? Crazy. Anyways, if you want to be like Mr. X, well, I mean, nobody can be like Mr. X. He's one of a kind. But if you want to be kind of like him, send, send us a question: curveballncs at gmail.com. And let's get on to the wrestling portion because we're going a little long. I thought it would be over by now. So hurry the fuck up. Dominic, you always think it's going to be over in an hour. It's never over in just an hour. I mean, come on. But we have AEW at Dynamite. They kick it off not with a tag team match, but a singles match. Cody Rhodes takes on Pentagon. And Cody gets the win after Penta, quote unquote, breaks Cody's arm. And then Cody goes right into a roll-up after Penta takes him, uh, you know, a little lackadaisical. Cody with the win, but then Penta with the beatdown afterwards, Dominic. How does he break his arm and then pin him? It makes no fucking sense. I mean, you definitely saw AEW Dynamite, so you would know what it looked like. But you, but I mean, it, okay, I know I definitely did, but you know, if somebody didn't, you just said he broke his arm and then rolled him up. So, like, you know, how do you? I mean, does he have a broken arm now? Like, what the fuck? I don't know. I mean, you're the one that saw it. You can, I think, you can explain it pretty good, pretty well. Uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna let the fans go back and rewatch it. Let them, you know, and then they're gonna send us questions. That's how we do it now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the match itself was fine. I thought they might have rushed this match. You just had the one week build, and Penta. I mean, I can see why people can be a little angry that Penta lost, but Cody is Cody. He's one of the top guys. You don't want to have him lose all that often, especially kind of on this. This is the finish. I would. I would say maybe Penta wins at least one, maybe the next matchup, but I did feel that they rushed this in. They rushed into it, and the, the roll-up finish was a little of a cop-out, especially because we have another roll-up finish later on in the show, and you know maybe you don't do two of those on the, on the same card. Then we get Jade Cargill. She returns after her match with Shaq to defeat Danny Jordan. Solid squash match. She was there, you know. I mean, just kind of reminded you, you know, we still got Jade. Jade's still here. Cool. I mean, I'll be honest. I feel, I mean, it is, I knew it was a squash match, but it's kind of like, you know, felt, you know, it just didn't feel, it it felt too kind of just like get in there, dominate, get over with, which is meant to be, but I just didn't like it. Then we get The Pinnacle, MJF's new group. They have their uh, debut promo after the beatdown. We saw them uh, exit a private jet before the show. And a stellar promo. I thought Tully comes out. He cuts a promo, kind of talks on behalf for MJF and Spears. He goes over the beatdown saying, you know, this corner, uh, you know, Sam Guevara ate a chair. This corner, uh, Jake Hager ate a bottle and blah, blah, blah. And, then MJF takes over and MJF did his thing. 
you know, not, there was a little bit of, you know, insidey humor, not humor, but, you know, in a little insidey digs, but for the most part, he was just a straightforward, you know, shit talking heel. And I, I thought this was fantastic. I feel like it's definitely a turning point for MJF individually, just because when he was with the inner circle, I felt like he was kind of, I'm not going to say taking a backseat to Jericho and, and the inner circle, but it wasn't really the best of his abilities. So I think him kind of being the pseudo leader of this, of the pinnacle, I think it's great for him. And he just kind of showed what he, he showcased what he does best and that's be a heel. They did kind of ignore the plot holes and the whole turn last week with Sammy coming out and then the swerve and then the swerve. And I think that's probably just the best case scenario. Just kind of ignore it. Maybe that's what they should have done with the exploding ring last week, but they kind of explained it, but they also just kind of, I mean, they also kind of like sold it this week as well. But anyways, I thought it was great. A good solid start. No inner circle to be seen. How would you reintroduce the inner circle? Do you, I think Jericho, you have him gone for a little bit and you make his return like the big climax and maybe he challenges them to war games or a match at double or nothing. Like I, I think you kind of sprinkle it in like returns and then Jericho coming back is the, okay, it's going down. I did see somewhere that like, would you get painkiller Jericho back? Painkiller? To- you mean, you mean pain maker? Whatever. We don't, want pain, Judas- we don't want painkiller Jericho. He's it's up a, there. It's a, Judas, it's a Judas It's a Judas pre-shot song. Shut the fuck up. Um, but uh, but no, I, I was thinking you see pain maker, but I don't think so. I think you're just going to get a badass pissed off Jericho coming back and it's going to culminate to double or nothing. And it's going to be a match that MGF wins, but Jericho gets last lap. We get a big old 10-man tag team match. Matt Hardy, Private Party, and the Butcher and Blade defeat Jurassic Express and Bear Country. Matt Hardy pins Marco Stunt. Uh, this was a match that happened. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I don't see why they keep putting Jurassic Express in these type of situations where, you know, they start doing some good stuff and then they get stuck in these like tag matches and they eat the pin and shit like that. So I, I just don't like it at all. Maybe we can get a uh, little side feud with private party and Jurassic Express. And that could be a good fun matchup. We get Christian cage. He finally cut his debut promo. We we're supposed to see it last week, but then Kenny cut him off and he comes in and talks about how he's not here to take anyone's spot, but yet he wants to take the spot of the world champion, which is a hell of a spot to take. It's the best spot to take, and I really hope it does not happen because he should not be world champion. I, I, I agree with you on that front. I don't think he will be. He said that he wants to you know, work his way up. He wants to earn the title shot. Maybe he says he wants to be world champion, but then he kind of gets sidetracked and has a, a little mini feud with somebody else. And then we get Christian versus Omega in the summertime or something like that. Uh, promo was fine, but I, I didn't like the uh, the story exactly that they were trying to tell with Christian. And yes, Dominic? No, I, I thought you cut to me, but I ripped my headphone out by accident, so I didn't hear anything. But it sounds like you did it, so we're fine. John Moxley and Eddie, don't call me Kofi Kingston, 
takes on the Good Brothers. I thought Kingston and Moxley had another fun little promo before the match. And they get the win on the Good Brothers. Kingston selling for most of it. Moxley selling the shoulder. Very similar to the finish with Cody. Moxley selling the shoulder. And then he gets the roll-up for the win. Match itself, I thought was good. And then we get a big old beatdown angle afterwards. Kenny Omega comes out, puts the chair in or puts the Eddie Kingston's leg into a chair, you know, smashes his ankle, teases to do it to Moxley's neck. But then the Young Bucks come out to make the save and they do not too sweep them. So continuing on with the Young Bucks elite feud or Kenny feud, whatever the fuck they're calling themselves. A lot of moving parts there, but I, I thought it worked well. I, I do want to throw out that the Good Brothers did lose the Impact titles. So they come into uh, coming into Dynamite and losing. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's just, you know, a storyline or something like that, that they're just kind of going downhill or something. But, you know, not good to have them drop the titles and then lose to Kingston and Moxley. Um, and whatever's going on with the Bucks and Omega, I just don't – I don't see this – and I don't see it ending well for the Elite, to put it that way. Yeah, I probably would have given the win to the Good Brothers, especially if you're going to write Kingston off for a little bit with the ankle injury. Just, you know, beat Kingston out. It's the easy thing to do, but beat Kingston, have the beat down, break his ankle, and he can go off for like a month or two, and Moxley can be angry, and we still don't know when or if he's going to leave for paternity leave, but I don't think we're going to want to see uh, Mox. Or I think this is probably built into like a six-man. It's Maybe not a double or nothing, but maybe like a main event of Dynamite and the next St. Patrick's Day Slam, whatever gimmick name they think of. Uh, we get Tony Schiavone interviewing Sting and Darby Allen, if you can even call it an interview of Sting, because Sting just sat there and said absolutely nothing. Darby Allen comes out and says, I've only defended the title three times since I won in November. And then he challenges the Dark Order for an open challenge next week. And that turns out to be a Johnny Hungry, John Silver. Lance Archer comes out, challenges kind of both Sting and Darby. Then Brian Cage comes out and shows some respect to Sting. Ting Taz wasn't a big fan of that. So we got uh, kind of three different storylines in this one little segment, and Sting just stood there and looked pretty. And I think that's what Sting's going to be doing until I, you know, I know he has matches in his contract, but I feel like for a while it's just going to be him stand, standing there saying nothing or just doing interviews. But that's one thing I'm not going to like is every week having an interview with Sting. Like, I really, I felt like ever since he's debuted, it's been, I'm standing here with Sting and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, why do you need to have, you don't need him on every fucking show. So can you please just not have him if he's not going to say anything? I was hoping you were just going to go on forever because the, at the phone call, let's see. No, nobody, nobody left a message. Apparently it wasn't that important, but yeah, I kind of wish Sting just finally does one of these Tony Schiavone interviews and he's just like, I'm going to go away for a while. And then he just like kind of disappears into the abyss and then we don't see him for a little bit because just he just does the same thing. He just comes out with Tony Schiavone and he just gets cut off. It's like, OK, like what is next year? And I don't want to see Lance versus Sting, especially if it's a real match in the ring. And that and that's what's going to. I think it's going to be the end result is going to be Lance and Sting. And if Sting wins that match, I think Archer is done in, in AEW because to 
he was he was he was top top talent i think in my opinion but then he's just been going downhill and if he loses thing i think it's over ray phoenix defeats an helico a fun sprint of a match nothing really too much to it here and in the main event, the thing everybody is talking about, the lights out, anything goes match between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Thunder Rosa gets the win after putting Britt Baker through a table on the outside. Both women bleed. There was thumbtacks. There was ladders and chairs and tables. Oh, my. I thought this was just absolutely fantastic. One of the best matches we've seen not only in AEW women's history but in AEW history i absolutely loved this match dominic so i said last week i said if they're gonna do this they need to go all out they need to no dud whatsoever from start to finish and it, they did just that no dud great match i i enjoyed the hell out of it now i hope that they don't kind of lean too much on this type of match um, going forward for the women's division, unless it's like, you know, a title match, big pay-per-view, whatever, that's fine. But I don't want to see them have to kill themselves just to get this spot ever again. You know what I mean? Like, you know, great. They did a great job. Now let's, let's, let's kind of take that momentum and put it into some great, just singles matches, normal matches going forward. They had Sheeta watch the match on television at the awkward WWE angle. And even though this match doesn't go towards their records or anything like that, I would assume Thunder Rosa comes out of this as the number one contender or challenges Sheeta for the title. And I think Sheeta has done a good job. She hasn't been really asked to do too, too much, but when she does, she comes out, she has solid matches, except for the thing with Abaddon, which we will not talk about. But as I kind of alluded to earlier, I think you put the title on Thunder Rosa or maybe put on Britt Baker. I don't know. I don't know which way you really want to lean because I know Thunder Rosa has the thing with NWA and blah, blah, blah. But I think you put the match, you put the title on one of these two women and then you have like a rematch for the title. And this can, I don't know if you want to make it like the blow blow off feud because you would assume the lights out thing is the thing, is the blow off match. But I would, I would want to see this match again with the title on the line. I think that could be fun. I think everybody would, Brandon. Hashtag analysis. Now, moving on to NXT, Finn Balor uh, starts off the show. He gets cut off by Karrion Cross. Scarlet comes out and she's, you know, says that she read the cards and there's like double gold in their future. And what do you know? The tag team champions come out. What are the odds of that? And then Scarlet does some smoke show things and kind of flirts with Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan and they get bamboozled into challenge, uh, you know, putting up the tag team titles and that sets up the main event later. Whoa. I didn't, I, I don't like the champion and the challenger tagging together. So. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was kind of forced and especially with the, the tarot card thing, like if I would have been fine with them doing the exact same thing without her saying that line, because it's like, it just screamed fake and phony when she says that. And literally like five seconds later, the tag team champions come out. It's like, okay, like really, I'm, I'm not the big, I'm not a tarot card guy, but, but still like, that's really stupid. I mean, it's stupid, but I mean, I think it just kind of gives, it gives the mystique of the smoke show and carrying across, um, you know, being that like, Oh, look what we said came true. So, I mean, 
is it gonna come true gotta wait and find out then we get our first match of the show dexter loomis defeats austin theory he puts his uh, i don't even know what you call it his submission hold on theory gets the win uh no uh no the way we have some uh things going on with COVID and the NXT. There's like a little bit of a breakout. So you put two and two together, maybe uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice were either exposed or have it or something like that. Didn't really explain why they weren't there, but we all kind of knew why they weren't there. Loomis uh, gets the win here. And they're definitely, I think they're building towards Loomis and Johnny Gargano. And I'm not, not ready for that. Because Johnny's going to lose and Loomis is going to be a new North American title champion. He's, he's just going to be a title. You mean knowing him? Yeah, he's going to paint his head on it and just fucking... It's going to be just that. And the mascot's attacking me, Brandon. Help. Do you have a fistful of peanut m ms <laughs> No, but he's attacking me. <laughs> it's okay, Dominic. You, you'll, you will survive. Adam Cole cuts a promo, kind of reacting to what happened last week. Uh... William Regal says, oh, because of what happened and the actions, Kyle O'Reilly can't wrestle because he hurt himself or injured himself. Kyle O'Reilly is on the big screen and he talks about, I might not be able to come to you, but if I find you out in the streets, because I know we live, I know what you do, I'm going to find you, I'm going to hurt you. And yeah, and then Cole leaves. And then for some reason, I guess Kyle O'Reilly ran Adam Cole off the off the road, and we get the cops, and we get some yelling and some cursing. This was real, Dominic. You know, everything else on the show was fake, but this was real because the cops were involved, and there was cussing and vehicular assault. I mean, you know what? Ha- then everything with Jeff must must have been real too, huh? Because you know, whenever you know there's a car and cops, it's 100 percent real, right, Brandon? Exactly. That's what I was saying, but. Yeah, the promos were fine, but then I think they did take it a little too over the top with the the angle afterwards. Because when you like go that it it is just like the Jeff Hardy thing. When you go to like that extreme, it almost takes you out of it because you know this isn't actually happening. I mean, unless you shoot it live and you actually have Kyle O'Reilly like running him running him off the road, then then it's real. Then it's real. Okay. Uh, Legado de la Fantasma defeats Brizongo. Santos Escobar cuts a little bit of a promo at the commentary table. We get, uh, oh my gosh, what's the uh, Jordan Devlin? I wanted to say Prince Devitt, but that is Finn Balor. You uh, would have been fucking canceled. You would have just not helped me because you didn't know what I was talking about, do you? Well, no. If you would have said the, uh, the UK cruiserweight, I would have been like Jordan Devlin. Actually, you know, like him kind of. Well, you actually watched the show, so you know that Jordan Devlin came out and they had a little promo and a little exchange there. Jordan Devlin is back in NXT and it looks like they will have a uh, unification cruiserweight match at TakeOver. I'm not I'm not okay with this just because I feel like if you unify the titles, does that mean we're going to have more cruiserweights from the UK come here or... Is our champion going there? Like, I don't know how to feel about this. We will cross that bridge when we get there. Dakota Kai takes on Zoe Stark in a uh, really good, you know, long women's match. I think this was probably the best match on the show. Dakota Kai gets the win. Zoe Stark, you know, she has upside, but you bring her in touting her as this, you know, good signing, this good, uh, you know, talent. 
and then she just loses. Like I know it's Dakota Kai, it's Io Shirai. They're kind of higher up on the pecking order, but why don't you just have her win some squash matches, win, beat some of the lower level people like Aaliyah, Casey and Caden. I know they're off doing their own thing with Zaya, but you know, just have her build up to the moment, not bring her in in the quote unquote main event scene and then just have her lose. Cause then when she tries, gets back there, you know, maybe doesn't have the same ilk that it should have had. Or, you know, you can just, you can play it off as a, you know, she was here once before, you know, she didn't do too well. Maybe she can, you know, rewrite history or something, you know, you can play it off that way too. You could, or you can just build her to be this, you know, force gaining a lot of momentum out of the gate. And then when you, have her face EO or whoever the champion is. You'd be like, Oh my gosh, I don't see either one of these women losing because they've never lost before. It's crazy. Possibly. God damn it. Possibly. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa takes on Marcel Barthel. Ciampa gets the win. No uh, Timothy Thatcher or Alexander Wolf. looks like they might be off doing some tings and uh, Tommaso Ciampa gets the win and we get the return of Walter. He uh, comes down and get a big old beat down on Tommaso Ciampa. Imperium stand tall. And if it is Walter versus Ciampa singles match at TakeOver, yes, please insert Futurama meme. Take my money. I mean, I think that would be a, just a badass of a match. I mean, Ciampa, who doesn't go down easily, and Walter, who's just a freaking brick wall. So I I'm, I'm, would be so hyped for this. I might even come over to your house to watch it, Brandon. Oh my gosh. Because you got the vaccine, right? I'm going to get it right now. Okay, we got it. We're good. Damn, just jumping the line. I see how it is, Dominic. LA Knight has his debut match on NXT. Bronson Reed, I, I, LA Knight cut a little promo beforehand. I liked how Bronson Reed was kind of in the background shaking his head. LA Knight wins as he should. They had a little bit of a tease that he wouldn't. Little distraction finish with Bronson Reed tearing up LA Knight's leather jacket because, you know, Bronson Reed's a big, thick boy. But the uh, match was all right, and they're definitely building towards Knight and Reed possibly at a takeover because they got so many Knights and so many matches they got to fill. Is that – is that – oh, okay, no. I thought you were trying to make a funny, like, so many Knights. Get it? Because LA Knight – like, I was, like, trying to read into the funny, but you weren't trying to be funny. It was just because there's two Knights takeover. I gotcha. Decent match. I really hate how Bronson Reed hasn't really, you know, he got elevated immediately, and then now he's just been a lot of 50-50 stuff. So, hate to see Bronson Reed do like that, but, you know, I do like LA Knight. So, you know, I, I, I would watch a takeover match. Danny Bertrand, Oni Lorcan defend their NXT tag team titles against Finn Balor and Karrion Cross. Uh, Balor working a lot of the match. Cross also, you know, gets his spots in. Unfortunately, it looks as though Danny Birch might have suffered a separated shoulder during the match. So during the commercial, he was kind of taken out and it was a handicap match for the heels, which is never a, a good situation to be in. But then also they had the screwy finish with Balor run into Lorcan, which ran into Scarlet and Balor looked, you know, looked sad, wanted to help her up and blah, blah, blah. Cross gets angry, beats up Balor and the heels get the win. Yeah. So, Obviously, Birch looking like the tag team titles might be vacated again. Don't want to say there's a curse on the on the uh, NXT titles, but it's uh, not not looking so hot right now. Who would replace them? You think off the top of your head? Shot, you know? I think it out with, of the barrel. Well, I think with the little the MSK 
Dusty Cup thing. They have Grizzled Young Vets. I don't know if you just give it to MSK, but I could see them, you know, MSK being the next champions and you have either a match. I think you have Grizzled Young Veterans and MSK as a match on TakeOver, whether MSK already has the titles or the matches for the titles. And I think that would be the right thing to do unless, you know, the injury isn't as severe as we think, but probably it is. Then looking on the other side of things, Balor and Cross, I think they're kind of in a tough situation because they're both the badass heels, Balor being a little undersized. Cross, I think he hasn't been like, you know, he hasn't been like fumbled or anything like that coming from his return, but it's kind of hard to get a gauge at what are supposed to be feeling about these two guys. I, I mean, I think I sympathize with, I mean, the thing is I would maybe start to sympathize with Balor, but then Cross was coming to defense of his lady but he overreacted because Balor was sorry. And yeah, I think they're kind of in a, a tough situation right now with these two characters. And it's going to be continue to be tough because they're both beloved. So let's wait and see. We will have to wait and see. AKA Dominic is telling me to shut the fuck up because he needs to do some things before he uh, picks up the studio audience. Right. Yeah. And I'll, I'll invite you one more time. Alameda County fairgrounds has the, the, you can either get your food and eat or you can get your food and go. Do you want to go? No. Tommy, going to go to the gym with me today? I can't. Why can't you? Because I got to leave here in like 20 minutes to go pick her up. And we got plans, boy. Oh, you have plans. So many plans. Just like you have plans on Saturday, right? That's why we can't do our MLB pre- preview. I don't know what I'm doing Saturday. I know she works and I don't know what time she gets out. And that's the thing. I don't want to commit to something I can't be 100% committed to, Brandon. Or you can just, you know, make plans with us and tell the studio audience, like, look, we got this thing. Just give us like two hour time window. And after that, we can be a lovely, lovely engaged couple like you guys always are. I mean, the two hour time window would be like in the morning, which, you know, ain't going to happen. Anyways, MLB preview possibly coming. Not making any promises, but we'll do it eventually, either on this podcast or on a separate podcast. Uh, then we got uh, quickly, we got Fastlane this coming weekend. This is the first WWE pay-per-view of the Peacock era. Yes, WWE Network is officially on Peacock. Technically, the network doesn't go away for U.S. people until April 4th. I am still clinging on to the network because I have the Amazon Fire Stick and there's not a Peacock app, so I don't really want to do it until I absolutely have to. Dominic does have Peacock. I asked him beforehand to kind of browse the uh, experience. I know he's been on Peacock before, but Dominic, your thoughts on WWE Peacock layout and everything like that compared to what the network was. I know they don't have everything. They barely have like a fraction on Peacock, but your kind of initial thoughts. I mean, so over there. So basically get on the Peacock app and there's a WWE section. Um, I went through it, you know, like you like, I knew they didn't have the vast library like going able and, you know, searching up, you know, you know, Royal Rumble 1993 or whatever, like, and, you know, doing it that way. Um, I will say the stuff that was front and center did catch my eye. A lot of Stone Cold, the rock section, um, 24, um, you know, uh, and a couple other originals. They did promote Fastlane. They have WrestleMania. So, it, it did catch my eye. It made me kind of go like, oh, I'll watch that. You know, like I do want to watch the Stone Cold thing. I want to watch a couple of the Raw things. But um, I mean, I think they're they're trying to get the, you know, they're trying to catch the eye of the fan who, you know, 
Like my brother probably doesn't really watch wrestling, but he knows what Stone Cold is. So if he saw that, he might click on it because it's Stone Cold. Stone Cold the badass. So definitely advertising towards the maybe old fan or a, you know, what would you call a fan that doesn't really watch it? and A lapsed you know, fan. There you go. So, I mean, I thought it was fine. I did, though, in the search section, did type in WWE just to see if there was, like, any other little thing I missed, but there isn't. So whatever is on that section is all that they have. So, like you said, it's definitely a fraction of what they got, but I think so far, so good. All right, uh, so I'll have to check it out next week when I officially cancel my WWE Network subscription. I have to move over to the Peacock. Anyways, Fastlane, this coming weekend, there's only a few matches actually announced. We have SmackDown uh, today, so maybe we'll get some more matches, but most of these matches are already SmackDown matches. Uh, the women's tag team titles, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defend against Bianca Belair. Dominic already said with NXT, he doesn't like the, you know, the opponents being tag team champions. Do we see that take place here? Mm, I hope not. I really hope. I don't want to go into WrestleMania with them being tag champs and then wrestling against each other so i hope not i'm gonna go with the champions retaining here we have sasha and bianca sasha has definitely been more of a heel in the situation uh i i am not a fan of having bianca lose to tamina of all people going into this and she's also taking some losses beforehand as well and i'm a little scared that it's going to happen yet again of they're trying to build sympathy for bianca she just keeps losing but yet you know Oh, she loses all these times, but then trust us, she's going to win at WrestleMania, but then why should we care? Because she's a loser. She's not a loser, okay? She's the best. She's the EST. Dominic, come on. Get your gimmicks right. Yeah, she's the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't give us a... I don't think you gave us an official prediction, Dominic. Uh, no, I agree with you. I think Nia and Shayna will retain because... They're probably going to go against Shotzi and Ember Moon to unify the titles, right? Yes, unify the titles that you just introduced. Okay. Okay. Are we done? No, we're not fucking done, Dominic. The Intercontinental Championship, Big E defends against Apollo Crews. I'm excited to see what these two guys can do. Big E cuts a very impassioned, serious promo. I liked it. Maybe it was a little bit too fakey preacher voice, but... Uh, nice to see Biggie being a little more serious. Kind of wondering, thought they, they would have put this on WrestleMania. But there's probably going to be some sort of shitty finish to explain why we're going to see this again. Which I would be happy to have this at WrestleMania. So if I do get a shitty finish, a DQ finish, a, you know, whatever, and they want a rematch, I'll be down for it. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Biggie. I think you want to keep him strong. Maybe it's a, Maybe he wins by disqualification. Drew McIntyre takes on Sheamus in just a straight-up singles one-on-one match after we've had some of these hard-hitting affairs. It is official. Drew will face Lashley at WrestleMania. Maybe you have it. Maybe you should have had this match to where you announce it after the fact or you have it kind of be up for grabs. But Drew versus Sheamus, I think with how limited this card is, they're going to get a lot of time, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But I will go with Sheamus winning, and then it's going to turn into a triple threat match because Sheamus is going to say, look, I can beat him. So that means I could beat Lashley. You know, I think this is going to be the gateway to open up a triple threat match. So maybe 
when Drew wins at WrestleMania, it's not pinning Lashley, it's pinning Sheamus. And I'm going to go with Drew. You just announced him facing off against Lashley for the title. Keep just keep him strong. Just have it be a one-on-one match. Anyways, uh, this match was supposed to take place, but it has just mysteriously vanished. Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman. I would expect this match will not take place, but we had Braun Strowman covered in slime on Monday. Love to see it. Hate to see it. Uh, Alexa Bliss will take on Randy Orton, and yes, an intergender match. Obviously, they're not going to have a full-fledged 20-minute classic. It's probably just going to be, you know, shits and giggles and black goo. Okay. What do you expect? Do you? I think I want the Fiend to not return until WrestleMania. I know we don't really like his gimmick all that much, but if you're going to make it this big deal of his return, make it count to WrestleMania, not at Fastlane. Do you have it, though, where he appears at least, like maybe on a video or just has the lights cut out and the music and it screws with Randy and Alexa rolls him up or something like that? Or do you think it's straight just, you know, gimmicky and black goo and all that? Oh, it's going to be just super gimmicky and probably really stupid. I would just off the top of my head, you run a video package on the Titan Tron, you get like the lights go black the lights go out and then Randy Orton's just like covered in blood or black goo or something. And Alexa bliss pins him. We're not going to, I don't think we're going to see an RKO on Alexa bliss. Or, I mean, if we do though, it'd be fucking amazing. Just saying. Dominic promotes women's violence, women violence against women. No comment. In the, I would assume, the main event, the Universal Championship will be on the line. Roman Reigns defends against Daniel Bryan. Edge and Jey Uso will have a match on SmackDown to determine the enforcer. Uh, I, I would assume Roman wins, or at least walks away the champion. Now, what happens in this match, I have no clue. Do you see them doing something to get Daniel Bryan either into the title pitcher, or he's not going to win the championship? but I just don't see what they do with Brian at Mania since we're only a few weeks out. He is inserted into the Intercontinental title match because Apollo is going to lose. Get like Apollo Crews, whatever. But Apollo's going to lose. So then Biggie's going to be like, all right, who's my, who's my next challenger? It's going to be Daniel Bryan. It's going to be a great matchup, but Daniel Bryan's going to win the title at WrestleMania. Bam, bam. So Dominic has Daniel Bryan winning the title at WrestleMania. I would maybe see them doing like kind of the new Japan route to where Dana Bryan has a, a play in match at night one. And then maybe he gets inserted into a triple threat night two. Cause I don't see storyline wise, why Roman would want to wrestle both nights. He barely wrestles to begin with. So why would he do that on both nights of WrestleMania? Maybe we get edge versus Daniel Bryan with the winner. It gets Roman, but I, once again, don't mess around with it. Just have Roman and edge. I don't see a clear cut way to get Bryan into WrestleMania, Maybe you have him like in a tag team situation, or I, I really don't know. And he's going to win Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Watch, and that is the pinnacle of Daniel Bryan's career right there. And I don't like the the dynamic they have between Edge and Daniel Bryan because, yeah, maybe Edge. I mean, Edge just seems like a crybaby. He's like, oh, why do you have? Who do you think you are having this match at Fastlane when I'm in the Royal Rumble winner and I should face Roman at WrestleMania? It's like, bro, they do this every year. Why are you getting so buttered about it? Because Edge is a bitch. I don't know. I, I don't yeah. care for it. I mean, 
just want WrestleMania to get here so we can get past it. Mm-hmm. Just get here so we can get past it. Anyways, there is a New Japan Cup this weekend, so if you want some actually good wrestling, check out the New Japan Cup. I believe maybe the semifinals and finals are this weekend. I would assume so. But anyways, that'll do it for us for today. Thank y'all very much. We had a packed show. Everything like that. Blah, blah, blah. If you want to send in a question or follow us on the Instagram and Twitter and blah, blah, blah. Curveballs and CS Twitter and Instagram. You want to send an email, curveball and CS at gmail.com. As I said, link tree in the description, everything like that. If you want to connect with us, you can see in the description. Dominic, any lasting words for the millions? Should we make an OnlyFans? Just saying, just saying. Well, I mean, what kind of content would we be posting on there? It doesn't have to be I mean, sexual. I mean, we can be like cosplaying gods. Exactly. I mean, you know. Who are you going to totally. cosplay as, Dominic? Uh, fucking I, uh, fat bastard. I don't know. Oh, that means you got to shave your beard. Maybe I will. Maybe. Ooh, I know. It works out both for the OnlyFans content and as the uh, for the studio audience. You can cosplay Braun Strowman. Uh, that's the same in Braun Strowman. <laughs> but then you gotta shave your head. Or uh, I mean, th- th- this you is could, this you is could, Bray Wyatt Braun Strowman. Yes, exactly. But then you gotta dye your hair like all black or brown. Can't be dirty blonde. I can do it. I can do it. Okay. Okay. Dominic uh, dyeing his hair coming soon. So thank y'all very much for tuning in. Maybe one of these days, MLB preview coming down the pipeline. Either on a regular episode or on a special episode. I was also on a trapdoor to hell, Dominic. I know I was, I was just sitting there in the bullpen waiting if my number was called. So if you guys want to check them out, go check that out. And, uh, you know, maybe also listen to the podcast, but you don't have to. All right. Thank you all very much for tuning in for Dominic and myself and the studio audience and the little dog and big dog and the, the phone that rang midway through, which yeah. Goodbye. Good night. Uh, the bank. <laughs> <laughs>